0: Welcome to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 358, and today we are talking about books being released on April 19th, 2022, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with of Price, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com.
1: Tirza, hello! Hello, Liberty! How's it going? It's going pretty well, yeah. Like, you know, halfway through April already,
0: but <laughs> we're surviving. You now have two books out in the world. You had one the last time I talked to you. Very exciting.
1: Yes. Now there are two, which is very exciting. Thank you. Um, But it's also been kind of a whirlwind of a couple of weeks. Just very busy.
0: Yeah. Say what they are.
1: Oh, okay. So my books.
0: (laughs) I love them. Talk about them. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Um, My books are Pride and Premeditation. And the new one that just came out uh, is Sense and Second Degree Murder. And they are murder mystery retellings of Jane Austen's classics. They are kind of like a funny, cozy level of mystery. They're written for young adults, but I think anybody of any age can enjoy them. So, yeah, I've really loved writing these books. And I have a lot of fun just kind of playing around with Jane Austen's work world and you know making them a little bit more murdery
0: yeah i love them and you know you know i love reading them and also wildly envious of anyone who can write a book so i mean if you got it you got to talk about
1: it you know gotta throw it out there every once in a while well thank you i find it infinitely easier to talk about other people's books than i do <laughs> to talk about my own which is why i love being on the show so much and then when people are like talk about your own books i'm like oh they're they're book shaped they, they have pages <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, let's see what else is going on. It has been quite an emotional roller coaster in this house the last couple of weeks. One of my cats had to have surgery, but then it turned out that it was not nearly as bad as they thought it was, which is, yay! Oh, yay! So, that was exciting, and then it didn't cost nearly as much as they thought it would, which was also like, yay! But then they found another problem, which she has to get checked out, which is going to take all of that money that we thought we were going to have to spend, so we were like, boo! Oh, no. But, yeah. But I don't know if you've ever had a cat that had to have a procedure, and they give them the anesthesia, but um, my cat, Malay had a procedure and she was a whole other cat when she woke up. She was like, I love you so much and I (laughs) love everyone so much and also I need to sit up as high as I possibly can because I'm a jungle cat. And it was like, I was like, was there a lightning strike on the building? Did she swap personalities with the other cat? So for like 36 hours, she was just like, what are you doing? I love you so much. My purring is so loud. What are we doing? Where are we going now? And then like last night, it started to wear off and she was like, I'm a grouchy old lady. Leave me alone. And I was like, oh, that was fun for a little while.
1: (laughs) That is hilarious. I have had one cat who's like you know had to go through a procedure and he is not normally like a super cuddly in your lap cat except for very specific times mm-hmm. and he was like velcro kitty like he yep. just needed to be on you and i was like oh this is so cute and then like yeah 36 hours later he was like okay i'm done
0: <laughs> yeah my my other two cats the the brothers like i took her in the morning for her procedure i dropped her off and i came back and i was like reading on the couch and they don't normally sit on me Very often, unless I'm asleep. And they were both, like, on top of me. They're like, we don't know what happened to that other cat, but just to be safe, we're going to be nice to
1: you now, because she didn't come back (laughs) with you. They're
0: like, we love you!
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Like, yeah, we gotta butter this lady up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, we're going to have a great show today. We're still working out some of the bits, because this is kind of new to us, and also, that is my way of saying that both of the books that I read that I was going to talk about today, uh, the dates have been moved, so... I'm going to talk about books that I have mostly not read today. Um but hopefully going forward in the future this
1: will not be a problem. But um this is the Liberty Fails show. <laughs> it's just it's hard because we did sort of switch the format up and then like also supply chain issues are very much like still yeah. a thing. And I know like somebody I was reading a tweet earlier today that was like, I know it's very 2021 to complain about supply chain issues. <gasps> but like I read here the same all the- thing. Yeah, here are all the ways that it's actually getting worse yeah. and it actually kind of yeah I was like oh oh man this is it's gonna just be rough for a while so Um, And I know that like there have been some new releases that have like been released in because I'm promoting a new book right now. I've been doing like a lot of going to different independent stores and Barnes and Nobles and whatnot. I've gone to probably like seven bookstores in the last like month and a half. And literally like there's this brand new release that like nobody can get in because I want to read it and I want to buy it from an indie bookstore. But every time I ask, like they're like, no, no. And even the Barnes and Noble couldn't get it in. So, yeah, it's just rough. We're going to talk
0: a little
2: bit more about this, but before we do that,
1: we're going to hear from a sponsor.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by National Geographic Books. The Cave is the incredible memoir of Imani Balur, a young doctor and activist who ran an underground hospital in Damascus, humanizing the enduring crisis in Syria. The only woman to have ever run a wartime hospital in Syria, she saved many from the atrocities of war while having to face the patriarchal conservatism around her. Amani Ballour is a game changer. Listen, she will be remembered as one of history's greatest. She's a passionately committed humanitarian, and she is determined to help others escape the horrors that she survived. Make sure to pick up the memoir, The Cave by Amani Ballour and Rania Abu Zayd, for a memoir that expands on the 2019 Oscar-nominated film by the same name, which documents her experience running the hospital, shielding children from horrific sarin attack, losing colleagues, trying to employ more women in the hospital, and eventually leaving and becoming a refugee. So make sure to read about this amazing woman. And thanks again to National Geographic Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Daughter of the Bone Forest by Jasmine Skye. Bone familiar Rosie spends most of her days in the Bone Forest, hiding her powers to avoid conscription by the Witch King's army. But when she saves the life of Princess Shaw, she's offered the chance to attend the prestigious school, Witch Hall. And at Witch Hall, Rosie finds herself embroiled in political games she doesn't understand. Shaw wants Rosie as a partner to help lead the coming war. Meanwhile, all Rosie wants is to stay out of trouble, but she can't really deny her attraction to Shaw. So the question is, will Rosie give in to her destiny or will the Bone Forest call her home once and for all? Daughter of the Bone Forest by Jasmine Sky is for all the magic school lovers. This immersive magic school is full of witches and familiars. It's also a queer normative fantasy world with a sapphic slow burn romance like we love. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Daughter of the Bone Forest by Jasmine Sky for sponsoring this episode. All right. So, yeah. I think we've gone three
0: episodes without talking about the supply chain. That seems like a record <laughs> now. But yeah, I did read that same thread about from the, a publisher about, like, here's why this stinks. And it's true. And also, just, like, weirdly, April 19th was a day that, you know, I read a few books that I enjoyed and a lot of books that I did not. And it just works out that way. Yeah. So I'm going to kick it off by telling you about... The book that I'm going to read next for, because I hope to read this and write about it for the newsletter for next week. And that is The Memory Librarian and Other Stories of Dirty Computer by Janelle Monet. Yes, that Janelle Monet, the amazing actress, musician, writer, producer, she does like a million things. And she had an album that came out a few years ago called Dirty Computer. And I will fully admit that I have listened to her a bit and what I have listened to, I really enjoyed, but I'm not super familiar with her work. So my plan was to listen to this album, Dirty Computer, and then read this book, which is still my plan. And this is a collection of sci-fi short stories based on some of the songs and threads in Dirty Computer. These stories are set in an Afro-futuristic world. They explore queerness, race, gender, plurality, and love. And it's about a person named Jane57821. And we go through all these different adventures with her. Uh, It's being compared to Octavia Butler, Ted Chiang, Becky Chambers, and Nnedi Okorafor. It does... I I don't know why. Like, I'm always like, celebrities are amazing and they can do more than one thing. But this has, you know, uh, lots of starred reviews, which is awesome. You know, I'm. I, what I'm basically saying is, like, I'm super jealous that people have talent like there's Like, they can act. They can sing. They can write books. Like, what can't she do? It's amazing to me. But it sounds really, really awesome. And like I said, unfortunately, uh, the two books that I had to read for today, I have been moved. So I'm going to just plug this one and read it. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, you can hear about it next week. It is The Memory Librarian and Other Stories of Dirty Computer
1: by Janelle Monet awesome yes I'm very impressed with people who are very talented in more than one medium and format
0: seriously I, I tripped over the sheets getting out of bed this morning and fell on the floor it's like <laughs> I can't even walk upright with that, you know and these people are like I wrote a book I did this I did that I'm like oh my goodness amazing
1: jealous Right, all right. So my first pick is *Pay Dirt Road* by Samantha Jane Allen. Um, not to be confused with Samantha Allen. Who also has like a literary, um, queer literary novel coming out this year and wrote like one of my favorite nonfiction titles of a few years ago, which is Real Queer America. This Samantha Jane Allen is a completely different writer, but she also writes about like rural small town areas. And so she's also the winner of the Tony Hillerman Prize, um, which is, I believe, I should have looked this up before we started recording, but I believe it is an award. That's given to like newer writers, um, who write like crime fiction sort of set in the, um, South and Southwest area. So that comes with like a publication. So that was kind of how this book was discovered. So this book is about Annie McIntyre. She is from this small town in Texas. She's a recent college graduate and she you know, has decided to return to her hometown, even though she doesn't really have a plan. Uh, She's one of those people who really loves her small town. She did go away for college and she got a degree, uh, but she really missed it and she missed her family. And so she decided to come back, but... Um, there's not a lot of opportunity in this small Texas town. And so right now she's sort of passing her time by waitressing at this 24 hour diner. It's kind of this, um, you know, definitely the type of job that she doesn't want to have for the rest of her life, but she hasn't quite figured out what she wants to do next. Like she's kind of being pushed in the direction of going to law school um, by her parents. And that's like certainly a possibility, but it would also require her to, You know, leave home again, and she just really likes being in the small town. Um, so she's kind of sucked back into this small town life, and she's kind of haunted too by these memories of you know some unpleasant things that happened in her teen years, and you She's got some, you know, complicated relationships with her family, but with other people in this town. And it's against this backdrop that one of her co-workers, a fellow waitress at this cafe, goes missing. And, you know, they're the same age. They have sort of different lives. You know, the girl who goes missing, Victoria, she was a single mom and it's as she's sort of realizing, like, okay, something weird is going on. It was murder, because um, then her body is discovered on Annie's grandfather's land. Um, she really gets drawn in. So Annie's grandfather, Leroy, co-owns a private investigation firm that he has with his business partner. And he's sort of, you know, on his way out of retirement to towards retirement. And he um, is very disturbed by the fact that this missing woman, Victoria, is found on his property. He wants to kind of figure out what's going on. It's also a small enough town where, like, you know, the local police do are not equipped to handle a murder. So the private eyes are sort of ha- lending a hand. They've got this, like, sort of silent agreement about helping each other out when they can. And Leroy would really love for Annie to join the business, even though she doesn't have her um, private investigator's license. He's kind of, you know, proud of the idea of passing his part on to her. And Annie is actually very keen on this. She, you know, has always admired her grandfather. Um, she feels like it's kind of in her blood. Um, and it also gives her this much needed purpose. But as she also investigates Victoria's death, she's seeing a lot of like disturbing parallels between like Victoria's life and Annie's life. Even though they are pretty different, she realizes that, you know, it could have been her very easily. And so as they are going around their small county and trying to figure out what happens. Annie is also uncovering some really uncomfortable truths about this place that she has grown up, this place that maybe she's idealized a bit too much, and the people that she knows. So it's definitely a really interesting sort of investigative mystery, but also I would say almost coming of age, you know, Annie's 22, but this experience really opens her eyes to like the realities that she you know, has been blind to or has been sort of willfully ignorant of. And somebody on Goodreads, because sometimes I like to, you know, just peer through the Goodreads reviews and see what um, other people think. Somebody on Goodreads called it like a really good private investigator origin story. And I think that, that is a very apt description for this book. Um, so that is Pay Dirt Road by Samantha Jane Allen.
0: All right. So my next pick for today is Debating Darcy, by Sayantani Dasgupta, who is one of the authors, Tirza, that was at your event that we did together last week, which was so much fun, about Jane Austen in YA. Yeah. And it turns out that you all love Lizzie Bennet the best, your favorite yes. Bennet. And it was so much fun to talk about it and see all the different ways that people reimagine Pride and Prejudice and Jane Austen material. And this one is Dasgupta's YA debut. And I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. But I realized that we still treat writing like it's this magical thing and people just produce books and it's like, whee, magic. And so when someone says like, this is their debut novel or this is their YA debut, like I just want to point out, and this, I don't know that this is the case for Sayantani Dasgupta, but I just want to point out that like people often write Lots of things that don't get published. So like once it's someone's debut novel, they may have written, you know, four other novels before that one. So, so I just want to like give a shout out to all the authors who are working really hard out there. And people are just like, wow, they made their first novel. When in fact, it's like the fifth or 10th or, you know, the hundredth try. But, but anyway, getting back to... Debating Darcy. This is, like I said, a Pride and Prejudice retelling. It is about a young woman named Leela. She is on a debate team, and she goes to this private school. She goes to a public school, and she goes to a, on a visit to a private school for a debate where she meets Verose Darcy, who is very unfriendly. And at first, she can't stand him, and she and her team are sh- so set on crushing, you know, the the private school team, but. You know he's kind of handsome, and they kind of, you know, they spar and sparks fly. Um, But it's a great look at Jane Austen in general. They are debating, you know, the fact that you know in Austen there are no characters of color, and so you know she's saying like you know we need to rewrite these stories and see ourselves in them, and his is the opposing debate saying, like, that's, you know, you don't do that. You you make your own material. And it's it's a really great way to talk about Jane Austen and her place in, you know, our contemporary literature, like, which you, I know all about. <laughs> and it's just, it's so good. It's really fun. I loved all the characters. They're very silly. They sing karaoke and... You know, the, the parents are really fun. It's it's like, if you're a Jane Austen fan or a Pride and Prejudice fan, it's really fun to see, like, all the different ways that people who do reimaginings and retellings, like, use the characters. It's great. And I think it was her the other day at the event who was like, you know, she's public domain. You can do whatever you want with with her <laughs> stuff. And, and it's great. And so this was tons of fun. It is called Debating Darcy,
1: and it's by Sayantani Dasgupta. Yes, that was such a fun event, and I was so glad that you could join us, because I always enjoy talking to you, and I have not read this one yet, but um, obviously I was there, and I listened to Sayantani's reading, which was hilarious, so it's definitely, like, jumping up my to-be-read list.
0: Yeah. I love doing events. I mean, it's fun because I get to talk to people that I would want to talk to. Right. I get to talk to like last week I interviewed Holly Black. That was amazing. You know, I got to do your event. I get to ask questions. But then the audience asks questions and theirs are always much smarter and more interesting. (laughs) It's like I the pressure's off me now. You know, (laughs) like I just have to sit back and like let everyone else answer other questions. You know, it's just it's so much fun. Always a good time.
1: Totally. All right. So my second pick is Queen of the Tiles by Hannah Alcoff. And this is a really interesting, really fun um, murder mystery set against the backdrop of competitive Scrabble tournaments, which was really cool. Like I admit that the, I like I love Scrabble. I'm not especially great at Scrabble, even though I know I'm a writer. Um, and then I was reading this book and I was like, holy crap, like these people are super good at Scrabble. Like they spend their free time like, you know, coming up with anagrams and word lists and they just like competitively come up with words. And there are so many words that, like, I don't even know the meanings of. I've never even read that word before. And here I am with, like, my little Wordle app putting in, like, the same, you know, five-letter word every time, hoping that it hits. Um, So I was totally amazed by this book. It is about Najwa. She witnessed her best friend, Trina, die at a Scrabble tournament a year before the book starts. Um, She was just sitting there playing Scrabble. She was, like, the queen of the tiles. She you know, was like the undisputed best at what she did. Definitely picking up like Queen's Gambit vibes. If you've ever seen that TV show, I watched that last year and I really enjoyed it. Um, So that was kind of like Trina. And then she dies in this competition and everybody was shocked. And you don't really know like what the cause of her death was at the beginning of the book. You, You just know that like people kind of accept it as like this tragic death. And... Then it picks up a year later when Najwa, who ha- is, like, suffering from, like, PTSD and panic attacks, and she, as a result of, like, this trauma of watching her best friend die, she has a really, like, slippery memory. She has a hard time remembering things. She, like, writes things down in her notebook so she can remember them. But she decides that, you know, she's ready to return to this competitive Scrabble circuit. Uh, and she's in part, you know, wanting some closure, but she also kind of wants to show all of the teens that she used to compete against, like, look, she's, you know, she's back, she is dealing with her grief. And she also sort of wants to do it for um, Trina. Um, So one of the ways that she kind of deals and processes her grief is she still sends DMs to Trina's Instagram account, um, which is still up a year later. And even though she knows no one's going to read them and Trina's, you know, gone, um, she just keeps sending these DMs. And that's kind of how she talks to Trina and processes her anger and her sadness. And so at this Scrabble tournament, you know, she's really doing well when all of a sudden... Trina's Instagram account starts posting new content, um, bagging the question, you know, who has access to her account and what do they know? Um, especially because the things that are being posted and sent um, suggest that Trina was, in fact, murdered. So there's this competition that's going on, and Nashville really wants to, you know, do well, but she's also reeling with this new information. And she's also wondering, like, you know, what if the killer isn't done? So, I mean, it's all the triple word scores and whatnot for this book being just like a really exciting and unique sort of premise. Like, I mean, who doesn't love the idea of like high stakes murder mystery at a Scrabble tournament? Um, I also really enjoy the fact that this is a book that is not set in the U.S. It is set in Malaysia That is really awesome. We totally need to see more YA books that are not set in like the US, Canada, Australia, and the UK, because that's kind of where the market is very much focused on. And I just love reading more, especially contemporary settings outside of the US and even just like outside of like the West. Um, So yeah, Queen of the Tiles, Hannah Alcalf, It's really fun.
0: It can also be called I Know What You Did Last Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's very much like that. I am going to mention another book that I love because, one, it's great. And also, I'm shocked to learn that Word Freak, Heartbreak, Triumph, Genius, and Obsession in the World of Competitive Scrabble Players by Stefan Fatsies came out in 2001. I still think of this as one of my favorite nonfiction books. It's oh. completely compelling about the world of competitive Scrabble. I mean, I flew through it and was just like, that is so cool. That is so cool. That is so cool. I cannot believe it's 21 years old now. If you love Scrabble or games or reading about games, it's, it's so good. Um, I actually knew somebody who used to play competitive Scrabble and it was just beyond me how her brain worked, you know, like she'd be like, you want to play? I'm like, no, no, I do not. Like, why would I ever play you? (laughs) You know, but also she was so cool. It was just amazing. And so I definitely recommend that book too. So those are the books that we have read, unless you are me and it's Liberty's Fail episode. But today now we are going to talk about some books that we haven't necessarily read that we are excited about. And I'm going to kick it off with Hope and Glory by Jandella Benson. I want to read this one partly because it has a, a blurb from Candace Cardi-Williams, who wrote Queenie, which I enjoyed, and I just read her new book, which comes out in the fall, called People Person. Uh, so this one sounds very similar. It's a debut Benson is a British Nigerian author and says the blurb says it is a heartfelt family drama that will delight book club readers and fans of books like The Girl with the Louding Voice and erotic stories for Punjabi widows, which both of which I enjoyed very much. It's about a woman named Glory who returns to London after uh, living in L.A. because her father has died and learns that her family is no longer close like she thought they were. Her brother is now in jail and is not speaking to her because she didn't come home for his case. Uh, and her older sister, Faith, who was once very independent and strong, seems to have uh, lost her way. And her mother is obviously very devastated by the loss of her husband and and her son son's incarceration. And so instead of going back to America, Gloria decides that she's going to stay in London and try to fix her family. But of course, like, you know, you can't fix people. But uh, she also runs into a man she knew in her teens and starts talking to him again. Who knows what's going to happen there? It just sounds really great. And it's also called one of the most anticipated debuts of the year by several organizations. I'm excited to check it out. It is Hope and Glory by Gendela Benson.
1: Alright, so that sounds really great. My next pick that I'm really excited to read is My Sister's Big Fat Indian Wedding by Sajni Patel. Um, Well, first of all, okay, that title. Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding is one of my favorite rom-com movies of all time. I actually just rewatched it last weekend, so... I was always going to pick up a book with that title. Um, and I also was really delighted to see that it's by Sajdi Patel. I read her book, um, her adult debut, The Trouble with Hating You, um, which is a really great, like, romance for adults. And then I also read her YA debut last year, um, The Knockout, which is an even better YA book about a girl who aspires um, to be a Muay Thai um, Olympic fighter, and she it comes from a very traditional background where girls are not supposed to be playing contact sports because it's not considered ladylike, and so I just. I was so impressed with Sajni Patel, like her ability to write, you know, adult, in YA just equally well. So this book is a young adult book. It is about Zuri, who is a violinist, but she loves hip hop. But her family doesn't really approve of her being a hip hop violinist. And her dream is to go to Juilliard. But unfortunately, um, she has been rejected. Um, So that is really disappointing and heartbreaking, but her backup plan is that there is this musical contest that is being judged by all these college scouts. And so she's like, well, if I can't go to Juilliard, at least hopefully I'll get into a good music school. But the big problem is that this competition is like a, you know, you show up and you get one shot type of deal. It is happening during Zuri's older sister's big wedding. And it's, like, she's told, like, you absolutely must not miss a single moment of this week-long extravaganza. Um, So I'm also getting, like, Bennett-like Beckham vibes from the whole, like, you must not miss your sister's wedding to go do this thing that your family disapproves of. Um, So it sounds like if you, like, all these, you know... 90s slash early 2000s uh, you know, rom-coms, then this book is going to be totally up your alley. I'm really excited to read it. I know I have like a digital arc on my Kindle somewhere, but I just found out that the audiobook is narrated by Sunila Nankani, who's one of my favorite audiobook narrators. So I'm probably going to do the audio, um, which I did the audio for... Um, her previous two books. And I think Sunila narrated both of those as well. And they were excellent. So that's My Sister's Big Fat Indian Wedding by Sajani Patel. Before we hear about the next book, we're going to hear from another sponsor.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by William Morrow. I'll be dead in three months. Come tell my story. Imagine someone told you that. That's what Sebastian Trapp, a reclusive mystery novelist, told to his longtime correspondent Nikki Hunter, an expert in detective fiction. So with only a few months left to live, Trapp invites Nikki to his spectacular San Francisco mansion to help draft his life story, living alongside his beautiful second wife, Diana, his wayward nephew, Freddie, and his protective daughter, Madeline. But soon Nikki finds herself caught in an irresistible case of real life detective fever. Make sure to pick up End of Story by New York Times best-selling author AJ Finn for a book that gives knives out, that gives white lotus. You'll like this if you like books by Lucy Foley, Nita Prose, and others. So make sure to pick it up, check it out, and thanks again to William Morrow for sponsoring this episode. <laughs>
0: My other pick for today is nonfiction, and it's history that I knew nothing about, which is my favorite kind of history, which is pretty much all of history. Uh, (laughs) It's called The Man Who Invented Motion Pictures, A True Tale of Obsession, Murder, and the Movies by Paul Fisher. This is about a man named Louis Le Prince, who in the late 1800s came up with something called his taker or receiver device, where it captured 10 to 12 images per second on film. He was using it to capture images of his family, and he started getting granted patents in countries in, like, 1890, and then it says here that just weeks before unveiling his invention to the world, he mysteriously disappeared and was never seen or heard from again. I've never heard this story, Mm. but guess what? Three and a half years later, his rival made the device public, claiming to have invented it himself. That person—say it with me now— is Thomas Edison. Basically, all of Thomas Edison's, like, history books now should just say Thomas Edison is shady AF. Like, the more we learn about him, the more we find out, like, he stole all this stuff. He did all these things. He was not a good person. And so, apparently, he took credit for this device. What? Like, a missing persons case about a cam like, a, a movie camera and... You know, nobody knows where he is, like, what happened to him. This sounds very exciting. I cannot wait to read it. Also, I'm always good for a good Thomas Edison smackdown, if that's what, in fact, this is. If you ever watch Bob's Burgers, there is this episode about Thomas Edison and the elephant, which I'm not going to go into, but they sing a song in that episode called Electric Love. Uh, Megan Mullally and Kevin Klein sing it, and it is an excellent song. I was so impressed, and I sing that song all the time. If you like songs about horrible things happening to elephants, it's kind of hard to explain. But it's it's so good. And like I said, I'm always good for anybody who wants to rip on Thomas Edison because everything that I read about him is, is terrible. So this is The Man Who Invented Motion Pictures, A True Tale of Obsession, Murder, and the Movies by Paul Fisher. It's giving me very um, The Professor and the Madman vibes, like that book by Simon Winchester about the man who helped create the Oxford English Dictionary.
1: So I hope it's like that. What do you have for us next? Excellent. Um, so my final pick for today is Sophie and the Bone Song by Adrian Tooley. And Adrian Tooley's debut novel came out last year. Like we were in the same debut group, and I read it. It's called Sweet and Better Magic, and it's a standalone uh, queer YA fantasy romance, and it was. Excellent. I really enjoyed it. So Sophie and the Bone Song is yet another queer standalone YA fantasy. And it is about Sophie who aspires to be um, um, a music, which is like a title in this fantastical world where musicians are allowed to um, compose original songs because otherwise, you know, you're not allowed to like compose and perform your original stuff, and so she has been really hopeful that like she's going to inherit her father's title, follow in his footsteps. But you have to have like auditions for that sort of role. And so on the day of auditions, there is a girl she's like never heard ever seen before named Lara who comes and she decides to play the um, the lute and. She sort of snatches this title from Sophie, like from her father, because her father dies. And Sophie is just like devastated. And she's certain that um, this other girl, Lara, must have used forbidden magic in order to steal this title from her. Um, So she begins like following her around and trying to prove it. But also she has to sort of second guess her, her opinions about Laura um, when she gets to know her. And then as the more she gets to know her, the more she starts to question like the whole system about magic and this idea of like only musics can compose. So, yeah, it looks like a really lovely sort of competitors to lovers magical, musical, YA fantasy. It is Sophie and the Bone Song by Adrian Tooley.
0: Well, all right. So those are the books that we've read and that we are excited about. And now I'm gonna do a little paperback rundown. And Tears are please feel free to jump in if you have read any of these. Yeah. Starting with some paperback originals. There's Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. It's about a woman named Alexis, who falls for her complete opposite. His name is Daniel. He's 10 years younger. They have nothing in common, but the chemistry is there. What's gonna happen? <laughs> There's Bad Astronauts by Grady Hendrix, which is a novella, and I, I only just learned about this like the other day. I hadn't heard of it. It's a, it's a different publisher than his usual, usual one. Hendrix, you know, being the author of My Best Friend's Exorcism, the Southern Book Club Guide to Slaying Vampires, Final Support Girl Group, It's about an astronaut who is stranded on the moon because they have run out of money. And his badass cousin who decides he's going to build a rocket and go get him himself. And this sort of attracts a motley crew of people who want to help him achieve his goal. There's also Go Hex Yourself by Jessica Clare. It's a romance about a woman who applies for a witchy job thinking that she's going to go work for her favorite card game, the magic and instead is actually employed to become a witch, and she falls for her employer's nephew, who is a warlock. I looked at the reviews of this on Goodreads, in which I learned that this is Raylo fanfiction, which was not a thing that I knew. It's apparently when you ship Rey and Kylo Ren from Star Wars, There's also out in paperback today from hardcover is The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller. This was a Reese's Book Club pick. It was long-listed for the 2022 Women's Prize for Fiction. It's about a woman who has been married for many decades, who spends the night, one night, with her oldest and closest friend, and now must decide what life she wants now that this has happened. Over the next 24 hours, she decides if she wants to stay with her husband or if she wants to pursue this oldest friend who was her her first love until something kept them apart. In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife by Ashley Winstead is out in paperback today. It's about six friends who go to a college reunion. There was an unsolved murder that happened among their friend group when they were in college, and now somebody who is at the reunion is apparently out for revenge. Ashley Winston has been very busy. She had a romance novel that came out two weeks ago called Fool Me Once, which I think we mentioned for paperback releases, and has The Last Housewife coming out in August, which Bookstagram tells me is super dark and super messed up, so sounds right up my alley. There's also Some Girls Do by Jennifer Dugan, which is a YA contemporary queer romance about an openly gay track star who falls for a closeted bisexual beauty queen whose big love is fixing up old cars. I read that one. Oh. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was actually my first Jennifer Deegan. I know people like really, really, really love her work. Um, and I think I probably read it for the show around this time last year. But I enjoyed it. it it's very much like got all the feels. And um, I really liked that, you know, the openly gay track star that you mentioned, like she was competing at a um, Christian school and they kicked her out for coming out. So like she's kind of engaged in this like legal battle. Which felt, I don't know, kind of timely considering everything that's going on in the world right now. So that was an interesting aspect, too. So I liked it.
0: I haven't read this one yet, but I did read Hot Dog Girl, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Which was a Dugan from a while back now.
1: And she has a new one coming out this spring, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, also very busy. Very busy. Yeah.
0: And last but not least, there is False Witness by Karen Slaughter, who I still call Karen Slaughter because that is how I read it on the show (laughs) many years ago and keep saying it in my head. It's about a defense attorney who has a traumatic past and she is called to represent a rapist and she doesn't want to, but her job is on the line and she's trying to raise her daughter herself and she needs the financial security, so she's afraid she's going to have to take this case. But the big problem is that uh, she was asked to be the... Attorney specifically by him because she knows him, and we're going Ooh. to find out why. So, those are paperbacks out today. Now, Tirza, what are you going to read next?
1: Next up is Some Mistakes Were Made by Kristen Dwyer. Uh, this is a book that I'm excited to read because I'm actually going to be doing an event with Kristen, but um, I actually have no idea what the book is about. Like, I've read the back cover. And I was like, that doesn't give me a lot to go on. But I've been hearing so many great things about this book. I think I'm just going to dive in without knowing anything about it. Because sometimes it can be fun to do that. That is so fun. And that is how I read most things. (laughs) I highly recommend
0: it. Also, sometimes I'll read a book and then I'll read the description and I am shocked at what they put <laughs> right? in the description. I was like, I'm so glad I didn't know that was going to happen, you know. So, it's hard like, do you know if you want to read it or do you like, you know, just take your chances? It's it's difficult. I am going to read The Memory Librarian, which I by Janelle Monáe, which I mentioned earlier because I'm very excited to do that. And I'm also going to read the first V.I. Warshawski novel by Sarah Paretsky, because one of our Book Riot co-workers is going through them. And I read many of them when they first came out a long time ago uh, and enjoyed them. And I'm like, oh, I would like to go back and see, you know, if I still enjoy it. So I'm going to start with the first book, which is Indemnity Only. And yes, I'm old enough to have gone to see the V.I. Warshawski-Kathleen Turner movie in the theater, <laughs> which was... Not a success. It's widely considered one of the worst movies of all time uh, as far as detective genre. And I don't even remember if I enjoyed it or not. You know, not everybody likes everything. What can you say? But uh, I think it'll be fun to go back. I like going back and reading books where there are no cell phones and no internet and stuff and seeing how they... How they deal with things. Like when the detective has to pull over and like use a payphone to like call and be like, hey, I just saw this happen or whatever. It's like, hee hee hee. This <laughs> book would be over in five seconds if they had a cell phone. You right. Know, so that's always like really fun. And that's all for today. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. We're still getting pet pictures. Love it. You know, tell us about whatever you want to tell us about. If you went to see the V.I. Warszewski movie, whatever you want to say. You can find us online, Tears of Hangs Out, on Twitter at Tears of Price. I mostly hang out on Instagram at and comes Alive. And if you get your podcasts from Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get them, if you go there and leave a rating or review, it helps other book lovers to find us, and we greatly appreciate it. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, or more books in general, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash books as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter and for more recs or general bookishness check out bookriot.com and don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com listen or just search book riot on your podcast player of choice and in the meantime happy, happy reading, reading.